calling all instructional coaches, edtech gurus, and classroom innovators. My name is Matthias Hülse. And I'm Katie Ritter. Because coaching can sometimes feel like an island, we are hitting the airwaves to build bridges of tips, tricks, and community support to make your coaching island a little less isolated. So tune in as we learn, grow, and bring voices from across the ocean to your coaching island. Welcome to the season finale of Restart Recharge, where we've journeyed together through the evolving world of educational technology and instructional coaching. In this episode, we're going to take a step back, reflect on our travels that we embarked on this season, focus in particularly on professional development. For teachers, Katie, Justin, and I, for the latter part, have gathered a wealth of insights, strategies, and innovative approaches thanks to our amazing guests. We spent our last season learning about growing unique educators, about artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. and balancing multiple school districts. At the heart of everything is professional development. Absolutely, Mateus. And in today's episode, we're going to take a slightly different angle on this idea with professional development. And we want to take this opportunity to talk about what does the future of professional development look like for teachers and really ask questions and ponder what that future might hold as opposed to maybe giving some outright advice. Yeah, normally we have the guests that have all the answers. We only just ask questions. And today that's the goal too. We're going to keep asking questions and we hope you take something away from that that informs the next couple of steps for all of us. So when Katie and I sat down and we started planning this episode, we were kind of thinking about the things that we've learned in this process and all the different conversations we've had. And all of it revolves around being adaptable and being able to turn something very difficult and make it really easy for ourselves to turn our head toward and learn from. Yeah. So our team of coaches meets regularly. And recently, it was about a month or more ago, we were meeting as a team of coaches and just kind of talking about what's the what's the biggest problem, right? We're a good quarter into the school year. What's the biggest challenge that everyone is facing? So we can try to dig a little bit deeper into that. And pretty unanimously, all of our coaches mentioned that finding time for professional development was their current biggest struggle, that there's either not enough time or the district hasn't involved them in PD around some instructional goals or teachers aren't showing up to optional PD, all the in-service times taken up, right? And we also see and hear Mm -hmm. this from coaches across the country too. So it made me pause and think about an activity we did actually during COVID, which leads me to the story here in a second. And I just kind of posed the question to our team, you know, are we with with all of the PD that we've done and the way that we've done it for years at this point in time, given the current landscape of education and teacher burnout at an all time high, are we maybe trying to fit a square peg into a round hole? And do we maybe need to reinvent how we do PD? So mm-hmm. Katie shared this amazing story with me. And I heard it and I thought, that's an episode. So Katie, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so... I've prepared some notes to make sure I don't screw up the story here. (laughs) Many of our listeners might actually be familiar with this story, especially if they have any firefighters in their family. But the events actually took place in 1949 in Mangulch, Montana. And there was a, a forest fire, essentially. And 15 smoke jumpers that were deployed to the area to take care of it. And if you're not familiar with what a smoke jumper is, it's kind of like the army rangers of firefighters. Like these guys go out and they fight forest fires in the harshest conditions, um, in in the, the scariest of conditions for the fires to take place. So 15 of them were deployed into the area and they were strapped with, I forget how much their equipment weighs now off the top of my head, but they're wearing all their firefighter equipment. They've got extra stuff because they're fighting 
a forest fire right. that's a little bit more unpredictable than a house fire. And so they're weighed down with all of these tools and they're dropped from an airplane into the terrain. And so those are the most talented, the most prepared people that you can get for that The job. way I understand it, yes. <laughs> so not, not having done it or known one myself, right. yes. Um so when they're kind of dropped in this area, you know, they think, okay, we've been trained. Obviously, they are the best. They've received the most training yeah. as possible. Obviously, take safety very seriously mm -hmm. when you're fighting fires. So they go about it. And if you've never been to Montana, you know, it's very mountainous. Okay. So you can <laughs> picture like this mountain terrain and between the terrain itself and the way the mountain was and the winds that took place, this fire got out of control very quickly. And, and it was behaving in a way that they had never experienced before. Mm. So we're talking again, the best of the best, and they hadn't experienced this before. The fire started approaching them really quickly from the winds blowing mm -hmm. it. So they start running up the hill. Soon they realize... We can't outrun this thing. This this one guy in particular, Wag Dodge, he was um, the hero of the story. And he suggests that they all drop their tools. And so the drop your tools is kind of a an expression we will pull from this story. Okay. And a lot of people looked at him like he was crazy. Like, what do you mean? This mm -hmm. is our protective gear. We might need this stuff to break through other areas. Yeah. Um, and he just quickly said, like, we aren't going to be able to outrun this fire if we don't shed some of these pounds. So mm -hmm. we need to drop our tools. They continue on and eventually he realizes they they can't outrun the fire it's gaining on them too quickly mm -hmm. and so he stops wag dodge and he says let's light an escape fire this had never been done before it's now a widely practiced oh. thing that firefighters do but this concept of lighting an escape fire everybody looked at him like he was crazy and so, they continued running wow. so what an escape fire was or is now is he lit a match and dropped it at his feet and so it burned the brush around him so that oh. when the main forest fire came over there wasn't any fuel for oh. it everything around him had been burned right. and it is the fire essentially like jumped over him Wow. And he he came out pretty much unscathed from this event. I believe there was only two other survivors out of all 15 wow. that actually you'd have to fact check me on this to be completely accurate. But I think two others survived that had stayed together the entire time. Right. Um, so lessons from this story, I, I came on this story and eventually brought it to our team during COVID because COVID was kind of like our man gulch fire at mm -hmm. the time, right? This was this crisis, this tragedy For we were sure. facing. And so we came together as a team to figure out how do we drop our tools, right? Mm -hmm. What are those not only actual tools from tech tools and strategies and different things yeah. and that we try to use with teachers that are no longer working and are actually weighing us down and preventing us from having success. And what should our escape fire be? What is this new thing that we can come up with that we can put into play that maybe has never been done before, but will ultimately lead to better results and will ultimately lead to our success? Yeah. Um, don't mean to be insensitive and compare forest fire to coaching in schools, but it served as a not. metaphor yeah, for, you know, how how can we do this? When I shared that story with you, Mateus, mm -hmm. and in the context of hearing all of our coaches talking about this, it just brought me right back to this research article that I had read and kind of developed that activity that we did all around this man gulch fire and the lessons learned and how can we apply some of that to education. It just brought me back to that need to maybe have some similar conversations again, right? So we 
went back into classrooms. We went back into face-to-face school after COVID and the pandemic. And now we've been doing it that way for a couple of years again. And I think coaches everywhere kind of felt, especially our tech coaches, we really felt like okay, we've made some momentum. Everyone had to learn and get more comfortable with technology. When we come back into the face-to-face classroom, we're going to build on that momentum and it's going to be awesome. And it wasn't, right? Like we already know that. We don't Uh need to rehash it. And we, I think, hope it would eventually get better. Mm -hmm. And I I really feel like a lot of our coaches, regardless what they, they coach on, are still struggling immensely with coaching and in particular the PD time um, because teachers are just burned out for a myriad of reasons that we don't necessarily need to to spend time rehashing. But I just find us back in this almost crisis situation again Mm -hmm. um, with needing to provide our teachers with ongoing learning opportunities and professional development and, and they're just not there. So how can we now at this point in time like drop our tools again and what's the escape fire that we need to light to reinvent PD for our teachers to make it accessible to them. Right. What I found so compelling about that story was that the message behind it is so counterintuitive at first because when you hear it, even when I listen to that story and they drop their tools, I'm like, that is the same tool that might get me out of this. But it was this very, very thing that kept them um, in that danger zone and, and, you know, became the demise of some of them. So what do you think in our context, right? We want to, we use this as a metaphor. So what do you think is currently our fire? What's the fire that we're fighting? I think the fire that we're fighting is time and willingness, mm-hmm. right? And and willingness may it may be better served for burnout, no pun intended there. But oh gosh, <laughs> um, you know, teachers just they don't want to show up. They're yeah. strapped for time. They don't want to come to optional PD face to face, even if they if it's a video recording. Sign up later. They don't find the time to watch the video PD actually, right? So mm-hmm. how how can we do PD if we don't have people? showing up live and we don't have people watching recordings yeah, right now. Absolutely. So so how do we address that and how do we continue to do our jobs um, and help our teachers grow in these areas if if we can't do our jobs, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. kind of the the fire that we're facing. And I think one of the biggest lessons from that story, you know, dropping the tools, lighting the escape fire is this idea of improvising, right? To yeah. to be a good improviser, you have to be very knowledgeable on the craft. So um, you can't just come up with something out of the blue, right? Like you right. understand the context. You're very good at what you do. They do it every day. But then they were able to improvise in a way that ultimately led to either the survival or not the survival. So I kind of see that for us in this coaching role. Mm-hmm. You know, how how can we improvise, right? So a, a question I pose to you, our listeners, um, is how might you improvise right now in the context of whatever topic you're struggling with your coaching right now? But we're, we're kind of sticking with professional development because that's been yeah. the most common theme that we have heard not only in our team but on, at a wide scale of coach listeners is how how might you improvise to essentially reinvent PD um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and continue learning for your teachers. Yeah, right. We have to drop those tools in a sense and find out another way. I think what was also interesting about this is that, yeah, we need to be adaptable. We need to immediately, you know, make make choices, re- reassess potentially. But what I thought was interesting about the story too was that not everybody was willing to follow that person that was mm-hmm. thinking of that crazy new idea. And there's a certain sense of 
I know this way. I know how this has been done before. I know the rules and other regulations. I know how I need to do these things. So it's hard to break through to that person and be like, look, this is this is a fire. We need mm-hmm. to move on. We need to do something different. We got to drop the tools. How, any advice for how to do that? So, um, the, again, I had mentioned the, the, and I'm asking you for advice. I'm sorry, but like, and I said, we're just going to ask questions, but we're not used to this. I'm asking a question. You're asking a question. Yeah. We didn't even prepare official questions for this episode. (laughs) Um, so the, I had mentioned that I had initially kind of planned the original activity Mm -hmm. for our team from a research article written by Carl Wyke and for leadership, um, which I would say our coaches are definitely leaders facing a crisis situation. There's Mm -hmm. four main takeaways. The first is improvising, which yeah. we've already kind of talked about. The next is is wisdom, right? That where the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. That we all have more to learn. But then to answer the question you just asked would be the second, and that is respectful interaction. We need to listen to and trust each other. I I think there's a lot of parallels in that in mm-hmm. education, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know, hey. Wag Dodge had this great idea. Nobody listened to him and they went off on their own to their own peril. And and we see that a lot in education. Sometimes coaches try to come up with all the answers on their own when just listen to your teachers. Ask them what they want, what's working, what's not working. Get some of that respectful interaction from them the empathizing, which coaches do so great at, and and take that into account and, yeah. and listen to and trust what some of the other people are telling you. Um, and then the final one is communication. Be honest and share information when it's appropriate with other people to help them be successful. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in this context of coaching, it's okay when you're maybe soliciting your teachers of, hey, I've been trying this. It's not working. Right. You know, people aren't showing up. I respect everyone's time. Why do you think it is? Well, what would you like to see more of or less of? Yeah. Um, and that that communication is definitely a two-way street. Absolutely. So I think asking, communicating why you're looking for, you know, to mm-hmm. drop your tools in the first place could really potentially go a long way to helping you find that new solution that will work in your district. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That was that was a great way of putting it too. Uh, you really have to, you don't know which tools to drop until you actually yeah, start thinking about it and talking about it. I, I agree. That's yeah. Really and we had, I think it was this season, I don't know, everything blurs together at this yeah. point <laughs> in time, but where we had John Smith from Book Creator on mm-hmm. and he had an ed tech eulogy talking kind yes. of specifically about tech tools that just no longer work mm-hmm. and for you or in the way that you would used to use them before and i think i think this is continuing to build on that same idea and it's just resonating with me differently now in this context <laughs> of of previous conversations with our coaches but i think there is space to create something new and great when you get rid of something we know how different cultures are from school to school within the same district, let alone from district to district. Even on our team, we see lunch and learns work really well for some coaches based on their teachers being, or previously worked really well based on the culture of the school. And other schools would try the same thing, the same topics, and nobody shows up, right? Because that's just not the culture. And so I just think for every individual coach listening, to your point, the tool that they drop are going to be different. Yeah. And I think tools in this context is broader than 
okay, flip has been a great tool for me for all of these lessons. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer going to use flip anymore. I think tools are more of like the strategies that we employ. Yeah. The the programs that we create from our lunch and learns or our happy hours or tech takeouts or whatever, whatever programs previously worked that are no longer getting people to the table. Right. Because you need to find that out in that, in that community. You need to get to know that community, learn and find out, okay, what is it that is working? And if you're walking in there with your tool belt that is very specific to what you learned, it, it doesn't match your requirements here in that new community, then you're not going to be as successful, right? So you got to yeah. learn, like, what is it that you guys need? Where yeah. are you start? Where does our starting point here? And even beyond just like group professional development or PD at a wide scale, you know, we've had coaches in the past. It's the same concept, really, that, you know, we talk about doing eight to nine week coaching cycles. Mm -hmm. Google's coach curriculum says it should be eight to nine weeks. We had some coaches that didn't get a single teacher signing up for like a year, year and a half when they would say, hey, we're going to do eight week. As soon as they said, hey, it's only going to be four weeks. Mm -hmm. They had a bunch of people sign up. Right. Mm -hmm. So throwing out the tool of that exact structure and making it work and adapting and improvising. Hey, let's try a a sprint cycle instead of a full-blown eight-week coaching cycle yeah. that that ultimately led to success yeah. so i think the the point of this conversation and these stories are to hopefully spark ideas with you our listener on what tools can you drop um, what would your escape fire be in your district and and what are some of the things that you can do to reinvent pd or just coaching strategies at large to work with your teachers to to bring them back to the table and to continue the growing and the learning on their ever mounting stressful uh, burnout to-do list. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, we're going to go and take a quick break to our sponsors and we're going to be right back. Unlock the full potential of instructional coaching with Forward Edge, your partner in professional growth. Instructional coaches play a vital role in supporting teachers, students, and administrators across the district. And research consistently highlights coaching as a powerful catalyst for improved teacher instruction and enhanced student achievement. But here's the question. Who's supporting the coach? Enter Forward Edge, your dedicated ally in professional development. Our flexible mentorship options, recognized by the ISTE Seal of Alignment, are tailored to meet your unique needs as an instructional coach. So ready to elevate your coaching journey? Visit forward-edge.net to explore how we can empower you with the knowledge and support you need. Start your journey with us today. Welcome back to Restart Recharge. I'm Matthias Ulze, back here with Katie Ritter, and we're discussing a little bit about professional development and what the future might look like. We just talked about this really interesting story and what we can take away from that. And speaking of taking away from that, let's talk about the three takeaways that we got from this. Oh, man, I feel so honored to get to do my own top three tips. (laughs) Normally, we're asking for them. So top three tips from these takeaways, thinking about the the future of coaching and professional learning in your schools. I think first would be don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask yourself, are there tools you should drop? Are there programs you should end? Is there anywhere that you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole? Just ask yourself, where are the opportunities for you to do some reflection and think about what is just no longer working for for your school and your teachers anymore? 
Um, Secondly would be don't be afraid to listen. So again, back to those ideas about communication and respectful interaction. Don't be afraid to listen to what your teachers are saying. Sometimes they don't even need to speak. What you might be listening for is the silence, is the emptiness in the room. Um, So don't be afraid to listen to that as well as to just outright ask them questions and and implement that feedback to help you generate that new next best idea, that improvised solution that leads to great success. And then my last one would just be, don't be afraid to try. It might seem like a really crazy idea that you have or that you brainstormed with your colleagues, but don't be afraid to try it out. You know, we don't have to wait until next school year starts to put everything in motion. You might have this really great idea that full-blown implementing it might need to wait for another mm-hmm. school year, but there's things you can do now. There's things you can try now to, to test the waters and get some early feedback to help you understand if this new solution, this yeah. this escape fire that you've come up with is really going to work or not. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to listen. Don't be afraid to try. Well, shoot, for for your first time giving the three takeaway tips at the end, well done. I think those are great tips. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Matthias. That's a, that's, I think that's a great way to come <laughs> to the end of the season as we're slowly approaching the end of the school year as well. We wanted to give you an opportunity to reflect and think about a few things in the future and what you might want to start with next year. And if you have an idea already in mind, if you have something that you maybe are eyeing at that you might want to change or experiment with, keep us in mind. We would love to hear your stories. We want to make an effort to see you guys on our podcast, invite you over here and hear your stories. This is what we're doing it for. This is who we're doing it for. Don't be hesitant. We're going to be loud on social media asking for your stories. So don't be afraid. You might end up on the pod with us. And Mateus, you said this is our final episode of this season. Sure is. So what does that mean? When can listeners expect to hear us again? Ish is good. Don't need an exact date. (laughs) Season four will come out in January, I think, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, January, uh, roughly around the middle of January. Are you asking uh, or telling? I don't know yet. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm planning it. Uh, We are looking forward to all of the fun ideas that you have, and we have a great list uh, of potential guests already ready to go, and we are just excited. So we're going to need this well-deserved break here to get some stuff in order. Let me actually finish completely in the transition, and then we're going to be excited and back in 2024 with new stories, new guests, and new tips and tricks. Awesome. And everyone, please, as we wrap up here today, enjoy the holiday season with your family and loved ones. And we hope that you enjoy a much deserved rest as well. Absolutely. So as you navigate away from today's episode, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RRCoachCast. And let us know topics, stories, anything. Let us know. Reach out and we'd love to have you on the pod. Yes, and be sure to subscribe to Restart Recharge wherever you listen to podcasts or restartrechargepodcast.com. And if you're feeling extra giving this holiday season, we would absolutely appreciate a rating and review. It helps other listeners find the podcast and know what we are about. So if you don't mind, we are aiming for five stars here, but totally up to you. And remember that your coaching island is now a part of a larger map. Recharge and inspired, set sales towards fearless coaching, and join us next year at Restart Recharge Podcast. A Tech Coach Collective.